Welcome to Samford University's Campus Worship. We hope you enjoy the presentation. Hello, everybody. I'm just really thankful for the opportunity to speak this morning and kind of do something new, new experience. And we're continuing with the parable series that we've been doing in throughout this semester. And so I just really love how Jesus told his points in the story form and we get still today to interpret what he was saying way back then. So we're going to look at the scripture a little bit more. So if you have your Bible, you can turn to it and I'll say a quick prayer. Dear Lord, we just thank you that you're so good and we just ask you to reveal yourself this morning and you would just have your way through everything that is said and you would just be glorified. Amen. So first we'll look at the first four verses and kind of set up like what's going on in this parable. So I'll read it again. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. So right off the bat, we see that this parable is about the kingdom of heaven, and we see the characters, the ten bridesmaids are going to meet the bridegroom, but the bridesmaids are separated into two separate groups of the wise and the foolish. And right here in verses three and four, it goes ahead and kind of tells the difference between being wise and being foolish. So the wise ones have their extra jar of oil with them as they go on the journey. And these first four verses, we see that wisdom equals being prepared. And then throughout the next few verses, we'll look at what does it mean to be prepared. Like, that's kind of a vague thing. So we'll keep reading in verses 5 through 12. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, no, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better, better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I do not know you. So as we continue the story, we have them going on the journey, but then there's a delay, and so then they all fall asleep. And... Then when the bridegroom arrives, the foolish ones are like, oh no, we need oil. And the wise ones are like, no, we're not going to share. And when they were away, the door was shut. By the time that they got back, the bridegroom replied in verse 12, which I think is, was the key verse for me to understand what it means to be prepared. The bridegroom replied, truly I tell you, I do not know you. And so the knowing in this verse is what really reveals what it means to be prepared. That it was about, it wasn't about that, oh, I'm sorry, you're too late. Oh, I'm sorry, you have the wrong oil. But it was like, I don't know you. It's about the relationship that they had with the bridegroom. And it wasn't about um, anything else. And so this knowing and this relationship with the bridegroom, which we can interpret as Christ and see how, what that means for us, we will come back to this point about the importance of relationship. But we'll look at how it relates to the other things that happened, the delay that occurred, and then the interaction between the foolish and the wise bridesmaids. So we'll look at how the relationship with the bridegroom related to these other things that happened. So in verse 5, we see that the bridegroom was delayed, and then they went to sleep. So the issue that 
determined if some of them were foolish was not that they fell asleep and were drowsy, but the issue was that they didn't have oil and they didn't know the bridegroom. So they all had lamps that were seemingly burning at the beginning, but as the time went on, as the night got later and toward midnight, that's when the oil ran out, and that's when the division between the bridesmaids happened because of the delay of the the bridegroom. So for us, a delay could possibly be a bad situation or a death or divorce or something like that, a delay that could um, possibly cause us to maybe not think that the bridegroom is coming or um, that something that causes our oil to dwindle. But we see that the wise bridesmaids, they had the established relationship with the bridegroom. And so despite the delay, despite the circumstance, they continued to have their backup jar full and ready because they, they knew the bridegroom's heart. They knew that he was coming and they, um, they had trust established because without relationship, we can't, we can't have any trust um, whatsoever. And so for us, as our relationship with the Lord is established, we can understand that delays and circumstances don't factor in to the truth of the gospel, that Jesus is victorious, that our bridegroom is always with us, that he'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us. And so we can enter into delays or whatever that may be with the confidence in our relationship with the bridegroom. And then we'll go on to the next thing that kind of happened, the conversation between the foolish and the wise um, bridesmaids in verse 8. Um, It says, the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. So first we see that the foolish bridesmaids, they had a head knowledge. They knew about the bridegroom or else they wouldn't have come on the journey. They knew about the bridegroom. They also knew that they needed oil before the wise ones were like, oh, guys, you need oil. They, like, already knew. They were like, oh, we need oil. Um, so they had this head knowledge. They, had, they knew about the bridegroom, but they didn't have the heart relationship, and they didn't truly know him. So their motives were a bit off. Um, and so I think this can happen a lot in Christian lives that we have the lamp, but not the oil that uh, keeps the relationship and the fire burning within us. So there's a lot of times when we could potentially look like a Christian, act like a Christian, talk like a Christian, have our lamp like a Christian, but not necessarily have the oil, the true relationship and intimacy with the Lord. And we see a couple chapters before this in Matthew 22, Jesus tells them what the greatest commandment is, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so I just love how the greatest commandment is about relationship and it's about knowing because in order to love the Lord with everything, we have to know him first. This can kind of be like, or an example of this in our life would be like how we can know somebody from social media. Like we can look at everything they post, pictures, everything. We can have a friend that knows them, that tells us stories about them, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we know them at all, even if we like stalk them like really, really good. Like we can't have a relationship with them no matter what. Um, And I think this goes with some people like think that they really know celebrities. Like they think they know Taylor Swift. Like they know everything about her. They know her cat, Meredith. They like are on, like they know it, but they actually don't know Taylor Swift and Taylor really doesn't know them either. So, um, the relation, we can know a lot about someone, but without a relationship at all. But this isn't to say that 
head knowledge, knowing about God is unimportant or bad because it's so, so beneficial. And we can gain, we gain so much from what our friends, our parents, our pastors, Dr. Curlin, what they tell us about God. I mean, I'm a religion major, so I'm learning all this stuff about God. But the point of it is to use that knowledge to deepen the relationship. It's not to just build up knowledge about God, but to use that knowledge to develop more intimacy with the Lord. And so, and going even deeper into um, an example of relationship with someone, there are those friends that you might have hung out with only in group settings. So even, like if you hung out with them a lot of times in groups, you can really get to know that person. But until having a one-on-one conversation or spending time with them individually, it's really difficult to know deep things about that person. And this kind of goes in like relationships and marriage. Like I kind of like to watch the Duggars. And so in their relationships, they would always have a chaperone with them on their dates and stuff. And they would always have someone in the group message. And so just thinking like in my relationship, like it would kind of be hard to really know that person when there's always another person around always and can't have a private conversation. And also in marriage, intimacy, it always occurs with just the two marriage partners because it wouldn't be intimacy if someone else was there and that would just be really awkward. Um, But also in our relationship with the Lord, um, there has to be, the intimacy occurs in secret with just us and him. And that's not to say that like, Like, intimacy can occur in here when you're just talking to him, like, with other people around. But, like, the foundation and established relationship of just us and him is really, really important. Though that the intimate, one-on-one, secret relationship with the Lord is so important, we get to share that with the world, and we don't keep that to ourselves. But then let's look at verse 9, because it can be kind of confusing. It says, this is when the foolish bridesmaids were asking for the oil of the wise ones. The wise replied, no, there will not be enough oil for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy for yourselves. So this is a little bit confusing because it kind of seems selfish. It's like, why won't they share? Like, we're supposed to share the gospel to everyone. Like, But like them, we can't give our relationship to someone else. Like, we can't share that. We can be the example for that, but we can't give our own relationship to somebody Um, So it's like the saying, give a man a fish and you feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. So if we just gave somebody like a drop of our oil like each day, it's going to cause like a dependency on us and it's never, they're never going to establish their relationship with the Lord. And so we get to show them through shining our light to them, but we teach them how they can be an established lamp with a backup jar of oil for themselves, not relying on us. So then verse 13, there's some different wording that's used, but the one that I like the best says, keep awake therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. And so the awesome thing is that through relationship with Christ, we are awakened to what he's doing. We are awakened to his heart. We were made one with him. And so we get to be in tune with the things that are on his mind as we're made in his likeness. And then Hebrews 8 is an awesome picture of God's heart for relationships since the very beginning. And it's a quote from Isaiah that was a prophecy about the new covenant that was coming. And so it says, 
the days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house, not like the covenant that I made with their ancestors on the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall not teach one another or say to each other, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. So I just love how the Lord, it was always his plan to be in relationship with us. It was always his plan to, for him to be our God and for us to be his people, for the laws to not just be rules, but to really be written on our hearts and our minds. And that we wouldn't just tell each other, like, know the Lord, know the Lord, but that we would all actually know him, that we can really get to know our God. And the reason that this is is because the beautiful gift of the Holy Spirit that the Father sent to us, that we all get to house the fullness of God within us and commune with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit reveals the thoughts of the Father to us. So that's, that's the way that we get to be awakened to the Lord is through the Holy Spirit. So an example of this oneness with the Lord would be through my relationship with my fiance and how um, we've, we've gotten to know each other over the last few years, obviously. And um, so sometimes we might weirdly like say the same thing at the same time or like wear the same thing. Um, we will pick up on the things that each other likes to do and the things that each other says. So he really likes coffee and I, at first I didn't really like it. I didn't understand how you put cream and sugar and make it good and all that at first. Um, so then as he kept drinking it, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is good. And so now I really like it. And then I talk in abbreviation sometimes. So I'll say like, oh, that's so perf or I'll be there in a few mins. And so Nathan wouldn't necessarily say that on his own, but just through interaction, we just pick up on the things that each other says. Um, and this also goes for things that we don't like about each other. So I sometimes tend to run late for things. And so Nathan has encouraged me to be on time. And when I say I'm going to be ready, to be ready. Um, and so I... Wish I could say that I have mastered this, but I am in the process of doing that. Um, so just like the process that happened in our relationship, our relationship with Christ, um, we are on a journey of understanding what it means to be one with Christ. And so it, it just, when we're in relationship and when we're commun in communion with him, the things that we say just start to sound like the things that Jesus says. And the things that we're doing are the, thing, the things that Jesus would do. The things that we like are just start to be the things that Jesus likes. The things that he, Jesus doesn't like, they're just not on our priority list anymore. And so it's just an awesome journey of being transformed into his likeness and being in relationship with him. So just like the wise virgins had plenty of oil in their lamps through their relationship with the bridegroom, we also get to have plenty of oil to shine the beauty of our relationship with the bridegroom through our lamp. And we, t we sang the song, our God is a consuming fire. And we just like, let our God just consume us and um, shine through us to the world. And so the basic truth that I want to relay, I hope I have relayed from this parable, is that the personal, intimate, knowing, abiding relationship with the bridegroom, Christ, that's lasting despite delays is what is important. 
and that it wasn't that the foolish bridesmaids were too late, that they had the wrong oil, they hadn't helped the poor enough, but that they didn't know the bridegroom personally. And the bridegroom, Jesus, he really wants to know you individually. And in John 15, 13, it says there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And that's what our bridegroom has done for us, that he's laid down his life um, with the greatest presentation of love on the cross um, and resurrection for us. And so for anybody that doesn't know Christ, like he really wants to know you. He really desires to be in intimate relationship with you. And for those of us who do know Christ, there's always deeper to go into his love. There's always more intimacy to have with him. So I just encourage us today to just really um, dive into that relationship and put that as a priority, the, the, the best priority. Um, and and I want to encourage you that also when you do seek to know Jesus more intimately, you are going to find. And when you ask him to reveal his heart and reveal himself to you, he, you are going to receive because he's just so good. So I'll pray for just that, that he would reveal more and take us deeper in intimacy. Dear Lord, we're just so thankful that you are such an awesome God, that you are pursuing each person in this room with such a deep, amazing love, Lord. We just ask that you would awaken us to your love and to what you're doing in the world, God. We thank you that you are supplying us with, your, with the oil of heaven, that we would shine brightly um, to the world, God. We just love you so much, and we just um, want to honor you with everything. Amen. For more information about Samford University, check out Samford dot edu.